let's build a foundation of safety. I need you to feel safe here because anything else we get on top of that is, is, you know, icing and and cherries and sprinkles on top of the cake. Cause if you don't feel safe, then you're not going to be able to get the same benefits out of the practice. Welcome to So I've Heard, the space where I give my take on all things health and wellness. I'm your host, Austin Allen. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the So I've Heard podcast. This is a space where I take on the hottest topics, trends, and questions surrounding health and fitness. Today, I am so fortunate and excited to be chatting with the incredible Adriana Argeta. Adriana, thank you so much for being on the show and say hey to everybody who's listening. Hey, hey. Awesome. Now, Adriana, before we dig into our conversation together today, Why don't you let those that are listening know a little more about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do? What I do? Okay. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. I've been in the field for about 18 years. Um, My more recent journey has been uh, pre-pandemic. I became a registered yoga teacher because I'm a long-practicing yogi. And then I said, what's next? So I found an amazing program to study yoga for trauma. And the rest is kind of spun out from there that I've found this connection that I love a whole lot that makes a whole lot of sense with what I do and integrates really beautifully. And I'm still on it. And I think this is a long journey for the long haul. Why I do what I do is a harder question to answer. Yeah, I... The, the short answer is I have experienced for as long as I can remember that I have the face. What that means is regardless of where I am, what I'm doing, context setting, no one knowing anything about me or what I do, people have always talked to me. People mm. have always kind of opened up to me. Um, it's still true to this day. Yeah. Um, I don't think I knew what that meant for a long time, but by hook or by crook, when I started doing what I do for a living, I said, ah, that's, that's what it is. That's why I do what I do, because I know the essential element of being a therapist and therapy in general is, is having that comfort level. And if people have that comfort level, not knowing me from Adam, I'm, I must be in the right place. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know those of you that are listening can't obviously see the video here, but I, I could understand that very kind, compassionate face I can see. So, well, w- wonderful, wonderful. Um, You do a lot of really incredible things. The, the trauma-informed connection is kind of what brought us together. I've been following a lot of your work on, on social media for a long time, really have loved all of, all of the messages that you support and all the things that you do. Um, but I figure that's a, a great place to kind of kickstart our discussion today. First and foremost, uh, for those that are listening, would you mind breaking down, you know, in your own opinion, some of the greatest, not only physical, but mental and emotional benefits of engaging in a yoga practice? You know, I I thought about it a lot before we talked today. And I think that the, you know, the elements of what make yoga practice so special aren't really that different from any other type of 
um, physical activity in the sense that we know what physical activity does for our brain in terms of how it imp impacts our overall health. What yoga does to me that the, the, the piece that I go back to over and over again is that, you know, it's, it's part of a spiritual practice and it's been around for a long time. But we know that there are societies and people that have practiced yoga and all, you know, eight limbs of the yoga for so long that it makes sense. These things that we keep coming back to that, you know, have this have these elements to it. You know, physically, the, the asana practice gives any, you know, the same benefits of any other physical practice, meaning that you're taking care of your body, which takes the brunt of trauma. And I think that's what makes trauma informed practice so special is we're finally not looking at the body as something to be trained and shaped, but to be used as part of our healing process. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that's something that's really cool to see the connections between, you know, I'm in the trauma informed fitness versus trauma informed yoga, but the interconnections, like you said, between these two spaces, really are impactful to see, you know, we both operate under this mindset of if you're working with the body, you're working with trauma. And so I imagine that the yoga space is such a powerful space to explore that healing journey, like you said, on, on a physical level, especially. Now, I am curious, uh, too, and especially for those that are listening that are maybe new to this, this term trauma informed and, and what that really is all about. Um, and so I'm just curious too, if, if you can maybe break down for us what the difference might be between truly trauma-informed yoga and then maybe more of what you'd think of as a traditional quote-unquote form of yoga. Yeah, I think one of the main differences is overall the way in which um, a practice is presented and even the way that someone enters the space is different. Mm. Uh, I think yoga in general, you know, you walk into a yoga studio for lack of a better word, there's a vibe that's pretty distinct, whether that's um, the music, the sights, the sounds, the smells, um, things generally kind of aimed in a calming direction. However, what we know is that the trauma informed piece takes care of the person in a different way. Mm. Because, um, and as a therapist, I do this all the time. And so do my fellow therapists. We send people to yoga because we say yoga is great for you. You should do yoga. And you have someone who's going in and, and going into a traditional yoga practice, maybe something pretty vigorous like a vinyasa or an ashtanga, which is great for the body. Yeah. But if there's trauma in the body that maybe somebody's not 100% tuned into, they'll walk out of that class feeling not okay and maybe not know why. And it won't be the demanding physical nature of the, pra the practice that will necessarily get them. It will be like that touchstone of like something didn't feel right hmm. or feeling the pressure to push their bodies in a way that they're not physically or mentally prepared to do. Um, so, you know, ultimately when I think of trauma informed, you know, especially when I'm bringing in people who have never done yoga before, it's laying the physical part aside in, in part to start with and saying, let's build a foundation of safety. I need you to feel safe here because anything else we get on top of that is, is, you know, icing and, and cherries and sprinkles on top of the cake. Cause yeah. if you don't feel safe then you're not going to be able to get the same benefits out of the practice. And I think 
what I've learned from following you and other trauma-informed, you know, trainers or anyone who works in the wellness space is we see the difference in our clients when we're coming at them with a trauma-informed perspective because they they feel safe and they grow more. I think they really do. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, first of all, thank you for sharing all that. And it's a wonderful way to explain it. Um, safety, like you said, is, is such an important part of the work that, that I do as a trauma-informed trainer, the work that you do as a mental health specialist, and also in that trauma-informed space too. And I think I appreciate you you mentioning how an individual could, could be told, you know, all the time as an individual goes to my own therapy, you know, the benefits of physical practices, Go check them out. You know, yoga is usually that that first one I think that is seen as the most adjacent to that therapy space. Um, but like you mentioned, though, if, if they're stepping into that space and the intention isn't there to make it trauma informed, to make it safe, to really help them to understand that hey, things more than more likely than not actually will come up in the body, but we're in a safe place where we can explore that a little bit more um, is really really impactful and important to do. And it, it's something that, again, I, I appreciate you you mentioning the messages in my work, but also it's something that resonates with the work that you do too, is this is a safe place. This is a place to understand that trauma lives physically just as much as it does mentally. Absolutely. So thank you for sharing that. Um, now, building on that a little more too, why do you think yoga specifically is such a useful modality for addressing trauma within the body? I think the, you know, the foundations of yoga, you know, built in as a, as a practice in and of itself in that, you know, particularly with how you kind of set up and start a practice, you know, where we start foundationally is the breath. And what we know is that when the breath is in place, we're already moving the body into a different state where we can be receptive. Now, the tricky part and what makes trauma informed so important is that we can move into a state that someone may not be used to that sense of safety mm. and the exploration from there becomes more, becomes more dangerous, not more dangerous, but more, more um, fear inducing or more kind of tentative. And so we start, you know, with the foundation of the breath. So like, you know, yoga in particular has that to build with. But also the reverence for the body's own limitation is something that yoga gives a lot of space for mm -hmm. um, in terms of taking care of the body piece by piece versus as a whole. You know, most of, you know, if you go into any yoga studio, um, most of the time there's sort of a, a natural wave that happens within a class where it's slow build in progressive kind of a climax and then a cool down, you know, any kind of wellness class works that way. Yeah. I think yoga is particularly suited to that because of that much more time and attention brought to the breath and paying attention to the sensation of how things are feeling, not just what it's looking like or the intensity or, or the, you know, peak at which you're working towards. Yeah. I think that so many people walk out of, you know, when I started yoga and started, you know, practicing more regularly, you walk out and you, you feel lighter and calmer at the same time. And it's this weird sort of conjection of, I don't know exactly what happened, but that was great. Right. However, I think we've all had the experience where we walked out and went, yuck, what was that? Yeah. 
Yeah. That didn't feel great. Yeah. So I think the the trauma informed piece as we're, you know, focusing on that again, that foundation of safety, particularly with yoga, is we're gonna carry you all the way through to make sure that this is the best experience that it can be. Yeah. I just think it's amazing. I really do. But from a teaching perspective, I know because you just touched on this, we got a maybe 20 minute conversation of what do you do when a student cries in class or if they break down or if they walk out and it was very minimally kind of you know crisis intervention make sure they're okay the trauma-informed piece says that's when we stop that's when everything gets shut down that's when we have to honor whatever's happening right there um because of what working with the body can do in opening up trauma there's that push through that trauma informed says, no, we don't push anymore. We stop, we slow down, we check in, we see where we are. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate you addressing all that. And, and especially speaking to that last point of the power of that true check-in, especially from a teaching instructor perspective, uh, and, you know, as you and I both know with our journeys with trauma informed work is just like you said, for a lot of, a lot of kind of the traditional styles, a lot of people tend to avoid that. They're just kind of, oh, let's just make sure they're okay. Let's move on. Let's go about our day. But I love what you're saying of now, wait a second. That reaction is important data, important information for your own journey. And I think that's something that's really powerful to hear from a lot of the individuals that I know that have that have practiced trauma-informed yoga, you speaking on your own experiences too, of giving individuals that space, like you said, to carry them through that whole journey, I think is really really powerful, you know, really something that I even listening myself and hearing a lot of this work is something that I'm interested already in in pursuing myself, because I think it's something that can be really powerful. And I'm curious too, and this is kind of branching off of of it slightly, but in your own work as, as a mental health specialist, as a therapist too, are these conversations, if you have a client that, you know, maybe goes to a yoga class or does a workout and has these experiences physically come up, is this something that you then in turn would bring up or talk about in your own kind of talk therapy, traditional sessions too? Oh, a thousand percent. Yes. Um, it becomes a really complex, you know, sort of thing. Like I think you and I have already chatted before about the wellness space in general and, you know, what the focus is of going in and taking a yoga class or doing a workout with a trainer. And when someone has that reaction, you know, it's not always something that we connect to in the moment. We just go kind of no and the brakes stop. Mm. So sometimes it's a, you know, in a therapeutic setting, it's talk me through what was happening before, after, during, you know, was it coming? Did it come on suddenly? You know, what other sensations are we having in the body? Or, or are you pushing through when you should have slowed down? Mm. You know, because the whole thing of, you know, being in a trauma informed space becomes invitational as opposed to um, being something that's demanded or pushed or cajoled or, you know, this is what you do. You push through. Yeah. Um, and that's that that stopping point of, well, well where were you? What, what was going on? What was happening in your head or did you have a bad morning or are you working through some aches and pains that are, you know, 
that you shouldn't have gone and done that extra pose or, or, or that extra expression of the pose. I, I think it's, you know, a hundred percent valid to know what our sticking points are and say, wait, do we need to stop and look at this? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I think, like you said, it is that that intentional shift from the traditional wellness practicing space of the, you know, push through, you know, fake it till you make it, that kind of mindset that might be seem well intended. But as you and I know, in our work with trauma, all of these signals that the body is happening are meant to be honored and not overridden. And that's exactly what you're talking about is giving that invitation to take that space, to stop, to check in, to authentically give yourself the the space that you need to move forward in a safe way. And it just comes back to all of what you've been talking about. And I'm, and it's really interesting hearing you talk about the breath work specifically too, because I know as a trauma informed trainer, that's something that I've really tried to adopt from that trauma informed yoga space is the connection to the breath work, that ability to just slow down for a second and really connect with each part of your body as it moves throughout that space is, is really, really powerful stuff and really impactful stuff too. So now thank you, first of all, for explaining all these things and, and talking about them a little bit more in detail. And that's kind of a perfect transition into this, this question that I have for you next, which is what do you feel that the benefits are for practicing yoga with an instructor is more specifically a trauma informed instructor, um, or maybe even in addition to the work that you're doing on your own versus just engaging in a yoga practice, you know, on YouTube or online on your own terms, what do you feel like truly that trauma informed approach and instruction brings to that space and to that experience? See, that's a, it's a hard question because I'm always going to tell my clients, you know, my therapy clients who want to have a yoga practice of, you know, something is always better than nothing, because I believe in the power of taking care of yourself and the power of of movement. Right. However, I do know the difference between um, throwing somebody into a YouTube class versus let's do this together and see how this feels because what a trauma informed space offers that, you know, going through a YouTube yoga class or going to a random yoga class you've never been to is options Mm -hmm. is safety is here's all of the approaches that you can take to this versus, you know, a more traditional class. That's, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. And that's how it goes trauma-informed at the end of the day is we might have a plan and we might not like it might need to get thrown out for the day based on you know what I love about you know practicing yoga with my clients is that I have to remember that you know I'm not in control of what's about to happen somebody could walk in the door in a fully you know activated kind of state And my beautifully planned yoga practice for the day might need to go out the window because we might need to just breathe Mm. that day. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something I can resonate with that a thousand percent as a trauma-informed trainer. You know, same idea. You'll have this beautiful workout plan, but it really is and should be designed around how that client and how the individual is walking into your space and adapting as a result of that. And I'm just curious to... um, because I know there's certain things that I do in, in my work, but are there certain strategies that you use in the yoga space on 
on either end of that, I guess, activation spectrum, if you will, one individuals coming in that are really charged up and fired up from a really stressful day versus individuals that are coming in and maybe really worn down and almost under hyped up, if you will, for that movement practice. Are there, are there different strategies on you use on other side? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the wonderful part about yoga tradition in general is it does talk about these sort of states that we're in, um, in terms of like, you're saying a more activated state versus a more, you know, lower energy state and, you know, trauma-informed yoga definitely has sort of a, a general outline for, well, how do you get someone from one energy level to the other? And a lot of it has to do with, again, that foundation of connection and safety, but also sort of attunement and seeing where, where we're at. Um, I think those who come in pretty highly activated would rather stay in that activated space. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, again, be tuning into the body and saying, is that just easier to stay that way? Or do we need to kind of challenge and slow things down? Um, you know, because the, you know, the foundations of, you know, yoga in general, like I said, there's the, um, the practices that are built in general to kind of slow down versus build up energy. Yeah. But in the end, what the body always wants and the brain always wants is homeostasis, right? We want to kind of balance things out. We want to come back to a a sort of neutral playing field. And that's, that's where the challenge comes in. That's where, you know, we have to be really tuned into what's happening on an individual basis and there are, you know, wonderful yoga teachers and instructors who will tell you they know walking into a room mm. what's happening and what they need to do that day. And do I need to stay stay the course or do I need to change my plan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I appreciate you you saying all that because I think it's hopefully for those of you that are listening that are trainers, yoga instructors alike that are in this wellness space is just going into that understanding of Hey, it's okay. There's going to be times where you have to be adaptable and flexible, but that is part of the trauma-informed experience too, is understanding your as yourself as a coach, as the instructor, as a practitioner, this is something that can be an exciting part of this space is the client now understands that it is not necessarily just a one-size-fits-all. It is that we are going to really authentically meet you where you are and adapt from there. So I appreciate you saying all those things because I think that's something that was speaking personally. One of the hardest things for me is I was so used to kind of coming in from the traditional fitness angle of this is the way things are. You always do it this way to in my trauma informed education. It was very much almost the opposite. It was very much, this is the way things can be, but also there's a hundred different ways that you could go about this. And it's important that again, you build on that, that sense of, of safety, but expanding from there and holding that space for them. So thank you for, for saying all that. I, I think it's like I mentioned before, really impactful work and, and something that I would love to get the opportunity to, to try out with you sometime too, just to, to see what kind of comes up physically in the body too. And, and you have that really unique and exciting power to speak on that mentally in your work as a therapist also. So, so really thank you for sharing all that. Now, well done. First of all, how are you feeling? You got through kind of the main bulk of some of that really impactful information. How are you doing? 
It's, it's a lot. It's fun to, you know, recount sort of my journey with all of this and that, you know, the amazing thing that's happening right now that I'm so excited about is that the trauma informed field in general is growing so much. And so many people are, are getting on the train, so to speak, and recognizing this is this is what we need to be doing because it benefits everybody. It benefits us as practitioners and as teachers and instructors, and it benefits our clients. And we've just been through a horrific time in our world. And I think no one, no one's untouched. Pe- people need that that care. And I think that sort of trauma informed perspective is is coming from, you know, my number one thing is always we don't know what's going on with other people most of the time. And what would the world, you know, when I finished my last training, we were all waxing poetic on what would the world be like if everything was trauma informed, if, you know, Mm -hmm. going to your doctor's office or your dentist or, and we all just went, ah, like a nice big collective exhale. Like this is, this work is so important. I have no, you know, no doubt that it's going to continue to be important. And the exciting part is now we have the science to back it up. We've yeah. got the science to say, this isn't just new age, you know, kind of perspective that's coming out. This is people who are working in the field and saying, this works. This is this is what's happening and what's effective. Absolutely. And what a wonderful world that hopefully will be when everything is trauma informed. Um, but it does speak to really Adriana, the the work that you're doing. And I applaud you for this work um, because it is impactful work and it's necessary work. Um, but in the same vein, it is sometimes really, really challenging work because you are having to fight against systems that have been in place for so long that have kind of trained us to override and ignore And I really applaud you being an individual that's committed to saying, hey, this is the way things were, but it's not the way things are going to be in the future because we have gone through a lot and individuals like yourself are really important individuals in this space. And it's something that I love the most about operating in the trauma-informed world is just how many amazing individuals there are out there like yourself that are willing to sit down and have these conversations and to expand this knowledge because it's something that everyone could absolutely benefit from. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do now. Well done again. Now we're moving on to one of my favorite portions of any interview that I do, which is something called the rapid fire question round. So for those of you that are listening that have maybe never listened to an episode before, the way that this works is this is five questions that I know ahead of time that Adriana does not know ahead of time, but they're fun and lighthearted and just a way for us to get a deeper understanding of who you are. So all that goes to say, are you excited and ready to go? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, I suppose. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, First question I have for you, you may not know this about me, but I am a big superhero fan. I have always been such a big superhero fan. So I always have to ask my guests at least one superhero related question. So all that goes to say, I'm just curious if you could have one superpower and only one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, that's so hard. And I'm like, if my kids listen to this, they're going to be mad at me. <laughs> um, the first the first superhero that popped in my head was Dr. Strange. Oh. 
Um, if only because his whole story, I think, really resonates with me in the sense that he had something that was particularly awful happen to him and he had to figure out something else to do. Um, but again, that's if you want to if you boil his power down, it's time. Like, what would you do if you could if you could slow down time, if you could change time? Yeah, like you could slow down and like savor some real nice moments for a little longer or go back and do it again. Yeah. That's an interesting answer. That is the first time answer that I've had. So well done the power of time and what would you do with, with more of it? Yeah. Well, that's a great answer. Good job. One down. So you're already rocking and rolling. You're doing, you're doing oh, fantastic. <laughs> now the well done. The second question I have for you is you are an individual who operates in both the mental health space and the physical health space with the work that you do as a therapist and as a trauma-informed yoga practitioner. So with all that being said, I'm just wondering what connections do you find in your work through both spaces and how do you feel like these were these fields could work together more in the future? You know, I mean, I've been in the clinical world for such a long time and as I started to make more of those connections, I started to think a lot about clients that I've had over the years and the ways that they moved in the world or didn't move in the world and how their their bodies worked, even just, you know, the clients coming in and their own mannerisms and body language and all of these things. Because as you start to learn more and more in the trauma-informed space, you start to go, Oh, that's what that was. That's mm. what these things are. Um, so I guess it's hard to turn off because then when I have people coming in to either part of part of my work, I see, you know, in a yoga space of, oh, I think I see something we need to touch on, or I think I see a connection being made there. Mm -hmm. Um the therapist part of my brain will always be running. And I think the beauty of, of yoga for me personally on both sides of the fence is that it forces me to slow down and be more present in a different way. Because when you're working with someone in a therapy space, the expectations are different and sort of the pressure's on of, okay, I need to help them figure this out and process this. And yoga is, I just need to be here with you. I need to create that, that safe space, that container, which therapy has, of course, but in a much different way. Um, and secretly, I love when clients, therapy clients will come in and complain about yoga to me. And then I'll just <laughs> let them say whatever they have to say. And then I'll go, oh, by the way, I'm a yoga teacher. And they'll say, oh, well, I'm sure your yoga class is fine. Um, but I'll say, maybe you had a bad experience because it wasn't trauma-informed. It didn't feel safe yeah. or you went in with a different intention than what we could do if we did this together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and thank you for sharing all that. And it's interesting to hear you, you mention that as you move through this work on, on both sides, the clients and the past experiences that do come up, that's something that I know I personally experienced as I was moving through my trauma-informed personal training certification and that worked the same thing. It starts to connect the dots a little clearer of those interactions you maybe had with clients in the past where you thought, oh, well, that 
you know, there was something off with that, but I don't know exactly what was going on to now, like you mentioned, there's so much science behind all of this now to give us a true answer to, oh, that might be exactly what was happening in that experience. And I think that's something too, again, if there are any therapists or trainers or practitioners that are listening to this, something that I'm sure that you would agree with is as you move into this trauma-informed space, in a lot of ways too, it can be kind of reaffirming as as a individual working in this space that there are a lot of reasons as to why people move about the world the way that they do. And the more knowledge that you can get on all of this this science and all these practices, the better that you can help them to move in the world in a safe and informed way too. And so I appreciate you mentioning all that. And and I'm sure that's a really unique space to be in having that connection truly on, on both sides of the coin. So, so well done. Uh, that's a heavy question to throw at you and you knocked it out of the park. So good job. Good job. Now shifting gears uh, for my third question outside of yoga and your yoga, yoga practice, what is your personal favorite way to work out and why? Um, I love to walk. Walking is my favorite. Um, I have a routine that it's my, you know, my, when my kids leave out the door every morning, I've already got my walking shoes on and I just go. And it was only, you know, not that long ago that I ended up hearing somebody on a podcast explaining how walking literally is the brain's own pendulation system that helps us reset. Like you hmm. can't walk and be upset and, and, and try to do all these things because your body wants to get back to sort of regulation. Um, I love to walk. So it's, it's always in my routine and I'm very mindful of what it feels like when I don't. So I've mm-hmm. always included it, but yoga is there every day. It looks different every day. I think the longer I practice, the more I, and again, from a trauma informed perspective, the more I'm gentle with myself of like today might be different than tomorrow and that's okay. Um, so yeah, walking is my favorite. Yeah. For sure. That's really interesting. You know, walk, I'm a huge fan of walking too, but I've never heard that pendulation side to side. And that makes absolute sense as we're thinking about it, but absolutely. And that's something too. I appreciate you mentioning walking because I think it's something that a lot of people don't think of as being a form of movement that should be valued. And it absolutely is a form of movement that should be valued and that is accessible to a lot of individuals. So that is one of the places that I always encourage individuals to start and I love how you mentioned too, part of those routines already be being set in place. The walking shoes are on, you're ready to go and ready to move about the day. So yeah, absolutely. Now two down or three down, I should say two to go. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. All right. You're doing great. You have two more to go. So you are an all-star mom, like you mentioned, and, and, and I'm just curious what perhaps is the funniest memory that you've had with your kiddos so far? Oh my gosh. There's so many. Um, I, they're, they're both really funny kids. My younger son is the king of the one-liners and he's so good at them that I can't even like remember them because he just zings them in. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not that he's looking for attention. It's just kind of like, he's just in there. He's in the pocket all the time, even if you think he's not listening. And my older son is energetic and passionate and enthusiastic. Um, but his favorite form of exercise is he loves to run. So mm. it's been it's been really fun to see him kind of grow on that journey. The funniest thing, I don't know. 
that's kind of impossible because <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, there's yeah. So many. I'm sure they keep you busy. They keep you moving, which is awesome. They do. You know, the the best part of, you know, doing what I do for a living, you know, neither of them are entirely that interested. But when I come up from yoga class, they say, what did you learn today? What did you do? And something that took me, you know, 45 minutes to build up to do, they can do in 10 seconds. So <laughs> that makes me laugh because I'm all excited. I mastered something. And they're like, oh, yeah, here. Yeah. They, they the power of youth. Exactly. <laughs> And, la- and lack of fear, like, okay, I'll just try it. I'll figure it out. Yeah, they just go for it. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Now, well done. Four down, one to go. The last question that I have for you is, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far in your own health and wellness journey? Oh, overall to listen to my body, you know, and it's great that you brought up this question. It's perfect because you and I were supposed to do this earlier and um, we were just getting back from a vacation and I did my usual kind of routine and I was getting ready to call you and I just said, nope, yeah, not going to happen. we didn't even get a chance to get into this, but, you know, part of my own, you know, journey as, as a whole is that I was a dancer for a really long time. Mm. And as much as I have no regrets of my journey in that particular respect, um, it takes a long time to unlearn that because I know that I went into yoga initially with that same kind of energy and fervor and push and all of the things while still kind of gently, you know, weighing in on the, on the lighter side of things. But as I came into it and finally had some really great teachers who were reminding me to, to listen, if there's anything that I've learned, it's that is to, you know, slow down and listen, because there's a lot to be said for consistency, you know, being key, but does it need to look different today because of how, how I'm feeling today or how my body's feeling today or what do I have coming up or what does the day look like? Do I need to reserve some energy and not totally burn myself out? Cause the, bur- the burnout is real. That's the thing when you're doing this work, the mm-hmm. burnout is real. So if I'm not tuned in, then everything else probably falls apart. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you mentioning all that. And we talked, like you said before, and some of your experiences as a, as a dancer and from the individuals that I've known that have come from, from that realm of things, I, I do imagine it's an interesting journey back into, you know, an, an art that is so body control driven, but also in good and bad ways, right. And a oh, way sure. to come back that compassionately is, is interesting. And and I do, applaud you again. I really appreciate it. Actually, you know, like you mentioned, we were supposed to record this earlier, but it was, it was really refreshing to have another individual in this space say, you know what, I'm not able to do it today. I'm listening to my body. Let's do it at a separate time. And it's something that sounds so simple and yet feels so foreign at times to do. And I hope for those of you that are listening, that you practice that boundary setting individually, that that ability to listen to your body and give yourself the the compassion to move forward in your own form of consistency, like you were mentioning, I think is a really valuable way to do that. It's something that I'm sure goes directly into the work that you do in the, the mental health space and the physical health space as well. 
Now, well done, Adriana. Five for five. How are you feeling? Wow, I, I made it through. I'm proud. <laughs> you should be. You did fantastic. You did absolutely great. Now, I really appreciate you being on the show, and I appreciate you taking the time to to talk together and discuss this more. But this is my favorite part of, of this experience, and it's it's your time to shine. So let the listeners know a little bit more about what you have going on with you and your exciting work. At the moment, I'm at a pretty exciting crossroads where I'm doing a lot of things simultaneously, but I think that's what keeps me going. Um, I do still have a clinical practice that I see clients. Um, I'm also doing some trauma, trauma-informed yoga specifically with some of them. Some come in into my practice as therapy clients. Some come specifically for the yoga and then they kind of, you know, intertwine with each other. Um, and on top of that, I'm starting a brand new part of my journey where I'll be teaching um, at the college level for the first time. Um, when I went through my um, yoga for trauma training, my teacher, Lisa Danielchuk, shout out to Lisa. She's everything. She's amazing. Said, it sounds like you're kind of lighting up when you talk about this teaching space. Um, and I've been talking to other professionals, um, mental health care, um, speech and language pathology, occupational therapy about self-care for years. Mm -hmm. um, it's an interesting perspective to be someone who talks about self-care during a pandemic. So that's yeah. shit. <laughs> um, but it's something that I'm adding to my plate of, of teaching that keeps me going, that keeps me, you know, Remind, reminding me that this is why I do what I do. This is why I love what I do. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what will be next because I haven't been able to predict it so far. And I think anyone who's ended up in a trauma space in general may have that feeling of like, how did, how did I end up here? Mm. But it feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. Absolutely. Um, so that, and of course, being a mom and a wife and doing all the other things and still being a yoga practitioner myself for my own practice. Yeah. yeah. That's still going. That journey never stops. Oh, well, you are, sounds like you are doing well in all, all routes of, of those things. And, and I applaud you again for this work. And I appreciate you talking about all the, the benefits from the, the client perspective, but also I can see that desire and that amazing ability to be a teacher in this work too, because uh, there's a lot that I've taken away from my own trauma instructor lens as well of, of different ways to think about the work that I do with my own clients. So I'm really excited for you in, in that journey, especially at the college level, how exciting to be able to expand this, this message so well. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Make sure that all of you that are listening, I'll make sure to include links and ways to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. I loved it. Thank you. I had such a great time. That is a wrap on another episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And I hope that information was meaningful and helpful for you. And with that being said, it is also time to announce yet another Zoom group fitness series here at Lighthouse Fitness. The leaves are slowly changing, the air is getting cooler day by day, and the feeling of fall is almost in the air. 
And with the changing of the seasons comes a renewed energy and drive to fall back into a sustainable fitness routine. Fall into Fitness 2.0 is a strength-forward, full-body-focused group fitness series that gives you the structure, motivation, and support that you need to establish a sustainable fitness routine this fall season. This strength-based series helps you make the most of your own at-home fitness while you have fun and work out with a supportive community at the same time. If you're interested in joining this Zoom group fitness series on Wednesday nights, check us out at www.befitwithlighthouse.com or follow me on Instagram at lighthouse underscore fitness and I'll fill you in on the details from there. Thanks again for listening and I would really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave a rating and a review. And until next time, I'm your host, Austin Allen. 